chances are very good that you're already in the cloud in some way. But are you doing it the right way? I am Scott Smith for Gartner ThinkCast, and we've got Gartner analyst Eli Kinaser to show us the way through the cloud. Eli will be speaking at the Gartner Catalyst Conference in San Diego, August 21st to 24th. But right now we have him on the line from his office in Illinois. Eli, thanks for joining us. Now, it's no longer if we're moving to the cloud, but how? So are we doing as well as we think we are with the cloud? Yeah, that's a great question, and I agree with you. It's no longer a question of if. It's a question of when and specifically how. And again, there are a lot of organizations that are already doing a lot of projects with cloud computing at different layers. So SaaS or software as a service tends to be one where you'll find organizations are embracing that a lot. There's a lot of SaaS applications in the works. As far as infrastructure as a service or IaaS and platform as a service and PaaS, I think we are. We're going in the right direction. The pace for every organization will be different. Some organizations are going at a faster pace. Other organizations are going at a slower pace. But they're all going in that direction, and we're approaching it, I think, from a a methodical perspective in general, especially Gartner clients. Let's just put it that way. Gartner clients have the privilege of approaching it in a very structured and methodical manner because of the amount of research that we have in that area. But we're certainly going in the right direction. Well, you mentioned Gartner clients have the privilege there, as you call it, of the having the structure uh, to, to work around the guidance and the structure. But I guess the question becomes, again, so many people say they're doing cloud or have implemented the cloud. What mistakes, though, do you see organizations often making as they uh, go down this road? So the mistake that I see a lot of organizations make is the ad hoc adoption of cloud is the fact that there isn't a structure approach to cloud. There isn't a methodical approach to cloud. Cloud becomes something that, okay, we've got a credit card, let's swipe it, let's start putting some workloads out there. And all of a sudden, there's another infrastructure environment, there's another workload that's outside of any kind of a governance or a structured method of working through it. That typically leads organizations into starting to use cloud and figuring out, well, cloud's not the right fit for us, and then exiting cloud. Those are some of the mistakes to avoid, or finding that their assets are their data, which is the most important asset that an organization has. They'll find that their assets are out there, but they're not properly protected. They're not properly disposed of. It's just the ad hoc adoption of cloud is one that we tend to see is a big mistake. The other is Because there wasn't a proper plan put in place, a proper strategy for cloud adoption, cost also tends to be out of control. And it tends to be out of control because, again, they weren't expecting it. The homework wasn't done. They don't know what to expect. There was no methodical approach to, well, why are we going to cloud and what should we expect from it? So cost tends to be a sticker shock as well. Those are the two that uh, come to mind. How fatal can these mistakes be? And what I mean, Eli, is you mentioned strategy, and it sounds like if you go kind of jumping off at the wrong point, it's either not the right fit at that moment, or you wind up burning a lot of resources, spending a lot of money, it could turn you off for doing the cloud when you really need to implement it, when you really need to get on board. So how, when making these mistakes, how problematic do they become both in the near and that long term? Oh, they could be very problematic. They could be problematic on a couple of different levels problematic in that if the teams that originally deployed them ad hoc did them the wrong way, 
circling back at the right time to adopt cloud could be problematic because, well, they kind of still have a taste in their mouth for, hey, this didn't work well the first time around, so they'll be very hesitant. And as a result, the decisions they make will be based off of the bad experience that they've had. That could be problematic for teams to get over. So they could be fatal in that at some point you'll need new blood in the organization or someone to actually be able to carry the torch essentially for cloud. One of the other mistakes, since we're still talking on the issues of mistakes and how to avoid them and how fatal they can be, one of the other challenges that we've seen organizations have is not assigning someone who is responsible for cloud. So one of the things that Gartner advocates is to assign a cloud architect. The cloud architect becomes the champion for all of these cloud initiatives. So another mistake is the fact that a cloud architect or a cloud champion wasn't designated early on in the process to lead the project and make sure that it arrives at a successful conclusion. So to circle back again to the fatality or can they recover from this, it really depends on how it was adopted. It could be fatal, but again, if they follow a lot of the advice that we give and then circle back and find a cloud architect, assign a cloud architect, go forth with developing a strategy, they can recover from it. But if they try the same thing again over and over again, well, you're going to get the same result kind of. Eli, you mentioned at the outset it's no longer really a question of if we're moving to the cloud, but how and when, picking the right time and the right situation. With that said, uh, as we either embark on a true cloud strategy or we're evaluating how our current one is doing, should we be using a mega provider when it comes to, uh, to the cloud? Yes, the answer is yes. It's almost inevitable. Now, the question is, if that mega provider is going to be the only cloud provider that you're going to use or that organizations will use, and the answer is probably not, organizations are going to use a multitude of different cloud providers. But mega providers offer a lot of flexibility in terms of self-service. They'll have a lot of features and capabilities. They're innovating at a very fast pace, so you'll get the advantage of a lot of the innovation that they're doing. They also tend to be very stable. Most of them are very well-known and popular brand names, so you can rest assured that they'll be there two or three and four and five and ten years down the line. So they do offer a lot of advantages in terms of the infrastructure capabilities that they bring, the platform capabilities that they bring, and also the financial backing of that organization. So definitely mega providers are ones that where applicable should be looked at. I want to come back in a moment to a point you just raised, which is uh, really utilizing a mix of providers and how do we determine that mix. But first, I wanted to stay on this of the the mega providers. Uh, How do they stack up against each other currently? Well, that's also a great question, and this is going to be the topic of a Catalyst presentation I'll be giving in San Diego this coming August, which is titled Cloud Wars. And Cloud Wars essentially will go through and score the different providers against one another based on an evaluation criteria that Gartner has put forth. So what we do is we've created an evaluation criteria that consists of 236 criteria. Those criteria are broken up into eight categories, four technical categories and four non-technical categories. Within each category, we also have required criteria, preferred criteria, and optional criteria. Required is kind of they all have to have this. This is kind of must-have in order to play. 
preferred are nice to have. This is where the providers will come in with their value-added propositions, etc. And then optional, we put all the criteria that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. For example, regulatory compliance. We'll put things like HIPAA in there that might apply to you know, healthcare organizations but not apply to financial organizations. What we'll do then is we will identify providers and do an in-depth assessment against these providers. And the way we've identified these providers is based off of the number of inquiries that we have on these providers, based on how they kind of rank in our magic quadrants and a whole slew of other things. We'll take a particular provider and then we'll do an in-depth assessment. We will score them against our own criteria. So in the past few years, we've had Amazon Web Services that's been in the lead. We've had Microsoft Azure that's been a very close second. And then we've had Google. We've had IBM SoftLayer. We've had VMware, uh, vCloud Air, etc. So in some cases, they're very close to one another in some services and features and capabilities. In others, there's quite a bit of a gap for some providers over others. So it really depends but they're all going in the right direction. They're all innovating at a fairly rapid rate compared to one another, and they're all offering really good services to their customers. What about over the long term? Will they remain uh, viable options? And and for anyone who might be out there snickering, going, well, look at the size of them right now. Who's going to catch them? I, I recommend you go back and check maybe the history of search as one example of how these things can change in just a few years. Will they remain viable, long-term cloud solutions? Well, certainly. I mean, especially the large, I mean, of course, certainly things can always change, but if we're looking at it, you know, you've got Microsoft, you've got Amazon, you've got Google, the likelihood of them remaining viable is very, very high, again, based on historicals, based on the company itself, the brand, etc. And there are other challenges coming to market. We are also uh, keeping an eye, for example, on what Oracle is doing, on you know, how IBM is developing. So we're keeping an eye on a lot of different providers out there. But yes, the likelihood of them being here is high. I mean, never say never, but these are you know, mega vendors that, for the most part, have been stable um, over the years. I want to shift back, Eli, to what we were discussing earlier, and that is a mix of providers. So here we are talking about mega providers, which they say they can handle all the needs. So, but should we automatically look at multiple providers of mix or is it okay to just uh, go with the one? Yes. So over the course of 2016 and so far into 2017, I can say that almost every single one of my client inquiries has ended up in a multi-cloud provider conversation of sorts. And this is due to a number of different factors and depending on where the organization is originating from. So obviously, Amazon Web Services, for example, and infrastructure and platform as a server, they have a lead. They've been in this market for a while. So there's a large number of customers that already have Amazon Web Services. But on the flip side, what we're seeing is the success of Microsoft Office 365 and a lot of the migrations that existing customers are going through are then bringing the conversation forth with, well, we now have Azure, so what can we do with that? The use of or the adoption of Office 365 is also giving way to Azure customers that are existing. For example, AWS customers are now looking at it and say, well, we can now use Azure and we can, what can we use it for? So how do we divide this? So that's one aspect. The other aspect is anytime a risk and security department will step in and say, well, we're doing great with a single provider, but it's time to start diversifying for risk purposes. 
we have a lot of customers that are now interested in diversifying risk in terms of, well, we're using one provider for our production environment, but we want to use a second provider for maybe our DR environment, again, to diversify risk. Maybe some customers are going to an environment where a particular provider doesn't have regional presence in an area where they're interested in. So they'll use multiple providers for um, geographical coverage. That's also something that's prominent. Sometimes it's opportunistic use case placement. Some providers will do certain workloads a lot better than other providers. So you end up with a slew of different providers because one will do maybe high-performance computing better than the other, or someone will have archiving service and the other one won't. Maybe someone will have SMB or SIFS as a service and someone else won't. So it becomes very opportunistic, use case driven, and you end up in multi-cloud. So yes, I expect most of our customers, at the SaaS level, we already have multi-cloud. Every organization, for the most part, has more than one SaaS provider today. So we can easily make the case that you're multi-cloud today. But if we're talking at an infrastructure and platform as a service level, I expect customers, for the most part, will also be leveraging at least two, if not more, cloud providers. Eli, thank you very much. Eli Kinaser is a research director in the Gartner for Technical Professionals research practice. He will be shedding more light on the cloud at the Gartner Catalyst Conference, August 21st to 24th in San Diego. You can get more information right now on that event at gartner.com slash events hyphen NA slash Catalyst. And there's much more on the cloud and other trending topics in the Gartner webinars at gartner.com slash webinars. And there are dozens of Gartner ThinkCast conversations to peruse at gartner.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to ThinkCast at iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. For Gartner ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith. Thanks for listening.